This speaker has been recorded at an online meeting of Addictive Eaters Anonymous. You can email us at contact at aeainfo.org. I'd like to invite Serena to please share uh, her experience of strength and hope with us. Thanks, Serena. Thanks, Marion. My name is Serena. I'm an addictive eater. And thank you for having the meeting to come to. Um, I'm an addictive eater. I'm powerless over food. And um, I found a way out of the obsession around food and weight um, with Addictive Eaters Anonymous. And I was thinking of a line there earlier from the big book of AA. And it says, we are sure God wants us to be happy, joyous and free. Um, it's in the family afterwards. And when I first started coming to meetings and I heard that line, I just thought that was just, that was just lovely and just so full of hope. We are sure God wants us to be happy, joyous and free. And when I came through the doors of Addictive Eaters Anonymous, I certainly wasn't free of food and um, was not free of the obsession. I was looking at some photos today of a birthday I had about, about six months, five, six months before I first went to a, um, a meeting. And I was looking at the people who were at that birthday and I, I wouldn't have been able to tell you um, without looking at the photo who exactly was at that birthday. Um, but yeah, saw those people, but I also saw plenty of pictures of food and the food that I bought for that birthday. And I can remember where I bought it. And I can remember that just being so important, what food was there. And I remember where I bought it thinking, I'd love to work here. I'd love to work in this place where they make cakes. Um, and I'm gonna, I even thought, I, I wonder what I'd have to do to work here. And I have no qualifications in, in cookery or bakery. I've no business qualifications. And um, it, it just would have been madness for me to work there because um, I wouldn't have been able to, but it was the food. How can I be close to the food? Just so, so attracted to it. And, um, it, you know, and, I, and it wasn't just having an interest in food. I had a double life with food. It was food I ate in front of people. And then there was all this other food that I ate in secret. Um, and I went to great lengths not to let other people see what I was eating. I'd eat it in the car on my own. I'd eat it in my bedroom. Um, I'd eat it um, going around the, the city on my own. Um, yeah, because I just... I, I, wasn't comfortable to eat the way I really wanted to eat in front of people because the volumes were just I knew they were too big um, and along with this obsession around food and wanting to eat was the obsession to be thin how can I eat and be thin um, and kind of kind of hard to do but um, that, that was it how can I eat be thin and how can I how can I be cool what you know I want you to think I'm cool and I want you to like me um, so a lot of a lot of thinking about me and I I relate to the alcoholics in the big book of alcohol in the, in the big book um, yeah the big book because you know they talk about you know having that craving that when they'd start 
one or two just wasn't enough. And that was my experience too. I'd start to eat food. I'd be saying, I'm just going to have another slice of toast. I'm just going to have a slice of tart. And, and it just wasn't enough. I'd find myself um, going from tart to toast, to something savory, to something sweet. And I'd go until the food ran out or until I thought people were coming back into the kitchen. Um, and I wasn't proud of myself. It's not what I wanted to do. And along with that eating, my weight would go up and then I'd try and do something to manage the weight. Um, and it might go down a little bit, but it never went down enough. Um, so um, there was just that, that battle in my head between wanting to eat, wanting to weigh less than I weighed. And, um, and thankfully that battle just became intolerable and and thankfully I didn't think it was great at the time but thankfully the ways and means I had of trying to manage the weight I just couldn't do them anymore just the motivation wasn't there to exercise and and I just felt hungry all the time and I got to a place where I realized this thing whatever this is has me absolutely beaten um I just knew I wasn't in a rush times before I thought I was in a rush and I dust myself down and I try again and this was different I knew I was in a hole and I was going down and down and down and I could imagine that if I lived to be 80 it would be the same only worse um so that experience um led me to picking up the phone to um members of this fellowship when I saw a notice that said is food a problem for you because yeah, it absolutely was a problem. Um, so, and thankfully I got to meet people who'd, who'd found a way out. They told me their stories and I knew they'd had it as bad as me and some had had it worse, um, but, but they weren't where I was anymore. And they talked about um, getting a sponsor, putting down the food, doing steps. You could see they were doing service. Um, and something had happened and and I didn't know if this would work for me and um, but I was attracted and I got great relief out of coming to meetings those first meetings that I went to I found them intense um, just because it was like letting the cat out of the bag that I admitting that I had a problem that I could not manage um, and yeah um, and and I came to see that, yeah, I do have this disease. I have this mental obsession, this physical allergy, you know, where my body would react different to um, people I'd know who, who seem to have no trouble around food and that spiritual malady, you know, talking about being restless, irritable, discontent, unless I had the food and I related to all of that. Um, but it didn't stop me eating. That knowledge didn't stop me eating. Um, and... Thankfully, um, through more eating, I got to a place where the, the willingness to ask uh, a woman to be my sponsor um, was there, even though I was full of fear asking her, absolutely full of fear, but I was more afraid of going on the way I was going on. Um, and that, you know, that was, that just changed everything. And I believe for me, that was like step three just letting somebody else help me and show me what had worked for, for her. And I heard last night a person say that God brought them to AA and AA brought them to God. And I can relate to that. I really believe that my higher power 
brought me to this fellowship, used my vanity to get me through the doors and, and helped me through other members just unblock stuff. Um, you know, the stuff that got unblocked in, in doing these steps, the resentments I had that I didn't even know I had against people who actually had done nothing against me. Um, but I had resentments against them. And um, and just for that stuff to just fall away and to get to have a new relationship with the people, um, it's just it's just been powerful. And um and I didn't know if I could be sober for a day. And I just remember my sponsor saying, Can you can you try it? Can you try it for a day? And and that just about seemed possible, just maybe if I tried it for a day. And I think we come here and we we go to meetings, we ask a sponsor for help, we do a little bit of prayer, we might do a bit of meditation, um, try and you know, help someone else, try and keep in, in touch with members, and I do that all imperfectly, all imperfectly. But I found that through doing these things and doing the steps that that obsession around food and and weight is is taken away and um and i've just had a, a remarkable year and um, my little daughter is one and i'm going to be finishing up my my leave and going back to part-time work and just the year that i've had has been powerful and emotional and physical and it would not have been possible without without this program without the steps without sponsorship without members and one of the great benefits of this year was just being able to to make more phone calls and be available for more phone calls just been lovely lovely talking to members and um and i'm just one of these people i just need to hear the message every day be it um, from a member, from meetings, both, um, because of a head that'll come up with fears or come up with resentments or get in a twist. And I believe if I was to stay in that long enough, um, the thought of food would look attractive. And, and I don't want to ever know what it's like to addictively eat again. I don't want to ever know what it's like to self-destruct and feel like I'm losing, losing my dignity. And I just want to finish with another little bit in the big book it's on page 100 um and it, they're promises they're not the, the the classic promises we read out but i have found this to be true in my life and it says if you persist remarkable things will happen when we look back we realize that the things which came to us when we put ourselves in god's hands were better than anything we could have planned Follow the dictates of a higher power and you will presently live in a new and wonderful world, no matter what your present circumstances. So thank you for listening to me and thank you for a place to come.